Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. To Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 332, KB and Matt coming at you with a loaded sports night, Wednesday night, Sixers about to tip off against the Wizards, Phillies are already underway against the Marlins, who knows if they'll win another one, that would be an absolute miracle if they can win back-to-back games against the Marlins in Miami, Uh, but it's episode number 332 of Underground Sports Philadelphia, and as always guys, show would not be possible without our awesome sponsors. Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course, our homies over at Tomahawk Shades doing the damn thing. Summer's almost here. Matt, we are on the cusp of Memorial Day weekend, and things are starting to get back to a little bit of normalcy, uh, and you're going to be outside this summer, and you got to protect your eyes. And Tomahawk Shades has the sunglasses for you. Why are you going to spend an entire week's paycheck on one pair of sunglasses when you can go to TomahawkShades.com right now, fill up your cart with probably like 10 pairs for the same price. And uh, right now to celebrate Memorial Day weekend, they've got a 50% off promo code running at TomahawkShades.com. Promo code 50% off anything is ridiculous. And it's already an affordable price. To, to boot, and 50% off of that is just ridiculous. Promo code MDW gets you 50% off at TomahawkShades.com right now. You got to act fast because I'm pretty sure it ends after this weekend. And if you want to support us, you can always use our promo code any time of year. USP, you get 25% off that bad boy. Plus, they have an incredible warranty program. Two-year time frame. If you lose, break, or anything gets stolen you file the claim they send it to you all you have to pay is the ten dollar replacement it's it's a no-brainer and uh tomahawk shades they're, if the they're doing it any right. better they would just be giving them away for free they might as well be right now 50 percent off their warranty program is second to none and uh they're doing the damn thing the right way with our friends at tomahawk shades so go to tomahawkshades.com you want to get that 50 percent off advantage TomahawkShades.com, promo code MDW. And then if you want to support us, you can use our code USP any time of year to get 25% off at TomahawkShades.com. And of course, guys, our friends at Manscaped, you want to go into Memorial Day weekend feeling the best you possibly can. And Manscaped, they just launched that lawnmower 4.0. They've got the all-new performance package. Uh, they've got all new shower tools that they've come out with. They are doing it the right way for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Manscaped is the leader in precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They have the advanced skin-safe technology, ceramic blades. The Lawnmower 4.0 now has an adjustable blade. It, they're taking things to the next level. This thing looks like it came off the Mars rover, and you guys can get your hands on anything from Manscaped by going to manscaped.com. And you can use our code USP to get 20% off and free shipping with our code USP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com, promo code USP. And I just showed Matt this before we went live. Our friends at Stateside Vodka are kicking off the summer in immaculate fashion. You guys know the deal. They're the, the fastest growing craft spirit in Pennsylvania. Seven times distilled, certified gluten-free. And now, as of Tuesday at 3 p.m., so it is live on their website, the Stateside Vodka Soda Party Pack. Eight cans in that bad boy, four different flavors. They got black cherry, pineapple, orange, and lemon cucumber mint. It's 95 calories, only two carbs. Made with that amazing Stateside Vodka, sparkling water, real juice. You know it's the real deal. 
because stateside would never do you dirty like that. They're the best in the game. They've won awards for best package in the world. These cans look awesome. And uh, you can get your hands on them right now. Go to statesidevodka.com, fill up your cart, and if you want to use our code, you got to put the one liter bottle of vodka into your cart to get our discount. That's promo code USP at statesidevodka.com to get 10% off the one liter bottles. I mean, these cans look pretty big, and it's $19.99. Cannot beat Can't that. beat it. They are doing it right. Stateside's kicking off the summer in immaculate fashion with the soda party pack. Go to statesidevodka.com right now. Get the vodka sodas. Let us know how they are. We should be getting some soon. Uh, shout out to our friends at Stateside. And, of course, guys, please drink responsibly, and you got to be 21 or older to purchase. What's going on, man? I am living the playoff dream. The playoffs are here. Sixers and Wizards getting underway. And Pat Croce rang the bell. Looking like his old pirate self. Sixers are currently in the lead 11-10. to 10. The Wells Fargo Center looks like it is buzzing. And the Sixers are up in the series 1-0. Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of what we expected. I think game one was maybe... A little slower and sloppier than we would have liked. It was really stop-start, I should, I think, is probably the better way to look at it. Uh, but you see that a lot in Game 1s. Game 1s, you typically can have the, the under-seeded team pull off an upset. You see it every year, pretty much. And it felt like that was the Wizards' game to do it. When you consider how well they played, that Embiid got into controversial, at least in my opinion, foul trouble early yes. on. Uh, and wasn't able to play for a pretty large stretch of uh, the late part of the second half and but still Sixers came out and honestly that it never really felt like a game that was getting away from the Sixers Uh, they felt pretty firmly in control the entire time and I think the biggest thing was the defense in crunch time was spectacular forcing lots of turnovers uh, really eliminating and and stopping the Wizards being able to to score and create in any kind of way and that's where I think this team just completely overpowers them. And this wasn't a series we're worried about. We said it'd be five games or less, and we're on course for that, which I think is uh, just along with our expectations. Yeah, and I said this on the episode that dropped on Tuesday. Like Game one felt like that game that the Wizards should have stolen from the Sixers to take away the home court advantage. That was their opportunity. They squandered it, and I don't think the Sixers are going to let them get another opportunity like that. No, certainly not. Uh, once you go back to, to D.C., maybe, again, you know, you, you lose one away from home. But still, I, I think this is going to be a, a relatively short series. And, yeah, it did feel like that was kind of the recipe for the, the game one kind of upset. You get Embiid into foul trouble. Uh, ben has, like, kind of an off offensive night. Um, I was actually really worried Seth Curry when he went down because yeah. they, they initially didn't really show the replay very well. And he was holding his midsection, but mm-hmm. it kind of looked like he was holding his knee. And they had even said on the broadcast that he twisted his knee. I, I thought su- sincerely thought that he had just like torn something and, you know, done for the season. But thankfully, you know, it was just like a shot to the, the midsection that kind of did him in. But yeah, it, it was... Um, it was it was a it was a weird game I think in that it was both entertaining but also kind of dull and I think that's mostly just because the rest of the the games on the weekend were like really exciting or had just better storylines. Just to be very frank, no one's that excited about the Wizards. No. Um, <laughs> there's there's really not like much there for people to work with. That's kind of like the Celtics Net series too, where I think it's just a foregone conclusion of who's advancing, and it's just like. Someone I'd rather see someone play at that seven o'clock slot instead, mm-hmm. so I can watch the full game before I have to go to sleep. Um, but yeah, you know, it's still you know, it, it's all about you know just the the results and the process now as well, and getting those things done has been showing off his defensive capabilities there. After scoring a bucket, after scoring a bucket, you love to see it. I think Ben's biggest thing, you know, there there's I think lots of talk, and it's tough after a playoff win. There's only so many things to discuss, right? Because you're in the first series as the top seed. You just won the game that you're supposed to win. What is there to really talk about? And obviously Ben's poor shooting night was going to be a talking point. And I think I'm in the middle of the debate because there's mm-hmm. people that think it's not a big deal at all. He had 15 rebounds, 15 assists, played good defense. That's what he's for. And then there's people that think if this dude does not score <laughs> more, there's absolutely zero yeah. chance we win a championship. I think it's somewhere more in the middle. Um, it's very obvious what Ben needs to do. We've talked about it all year that, you know, 
as good as he's played at spurts this season, he has to perform in the playoffs. And we've seen when it comes to the playoffs that he can struggle when teams slow it down because he just does not have a half court offense set. Like he's just not, he doesn't shoot. <laughs> and that can be an issue for sure. And when you look around the East, you start thinking, you can't help but think of, of the matchups as you get deeper into the playoffs. So I think Ben obviously has to improve in that. I think you just kind of have to hope that he gets on that kind of hot streak like he had. And I think everything with Ben is just confidence related. So I think so much depends on him making those first or second shots in a game or he gets like a a good putback because I think even I've seen him in games and we saw it in that game one where he gets a good offensive rebound, but won't like has a very clear option to put it right back in, but just won't, you know, he'll try and retain possession or, or pass to someone. So I think so much of it is just confidence-based, and this is a good series to get that rolling. And you look at who you could play in the second round, and you think it's kind of the same thing just to get him rolling. So, yeah, I, I think it shouldn't be um, – it's not nothing, but it's not <laughs> – it is not Something. the uh, the glaring absolute weakness that means this team is not built to go deep in the playoffs. Uh, I, I think it's somewhere in the middle – um, it could certainly be the reason we lose a series, but I, I don't think that every team has those reasons. Again, you know, we fixate so much sometimes, I think, on our own team that we forget every team has flaws. Yep. Every team is going to have a weakness <laughs> at some point that can be exploited. That's what the playoffs are about. It's all about just finding that value in what can I exploit and, and what can I what can I live with losing mm-hmm. at in the playoffs. So, And it's like if Ben made two of his free throws, he has a triple-double. I would not expect him to go 0 for 6 from the line yeah. uh, very often. And, you know, that was a common theme pretty much every opening game was either just poor overall, um, like, three-point shooting or poor poor free-throw shooting. Like, teams that were, like, doing very well in the regular season at those kinds of things, just not having, like, good nights. And you've seen some of that regress. You saw, like, the Bucks just absolutely torch the Miami Heat after having a bad uh, shooting night in their first game. That game was over after the first quarter, and, you know, it'd be great if, if we could have that with the Sixers, of course, but, you know, it's just, you're going to have nights like that where things just don't go your way, and again, I, I'm not too stressed about it right now. I think the time to stress about the Sixers is in, like, three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> That's when I'll entertain the stress and the hair pulling. Um, for right now, let's just cruise through this series, keep everyone healthy, Let's get some good performances in. Let's get good reps in. I think we're getting good experience, especially if like someone like Tyrese Maxey, right? Like someone that's going to be able to come in and get like some pretty mm-hmm. valuable playoff minutes here. Let's see what how like Thibault's going to work in, yeah. uh, especially in the defensive end, and what those rotations really look like. We saw some of it against Washington. Again, we saw him like really come in, and him and Ben on Beal was just fantastic to watch. Really eliminated him very very well, and that's going to be crucial. If you're talking about going deep into the playoffs, because you're going to have to to really smartly utilize Matisse, because we know how destructive he can be, obviously, defensively. It's just, are you gaining so much defensively that you're okay with what you lose offensively when you have Matisse on the court, along with Ben? You know, and, and we've seen George Hill on the closing unit a few times now. Um, that seems to be very intentional. So I think there's there's a lot you're going to be able to learn about the Sixers team and how they plan to play moving forward uh, through this series. Yeah, and I mean, the bucket I talked about, Ben Simmons hit a like spinning fadeaway jumper. He loves he loves the the flash. That's for sure. And he he tried like a running uh, hook jump from the free throw line in game one, and I was like, "All right, <laughs> <laughs> that's cool." <laughs> but you just can't take a normal jumper, I guess. Just he is just a habit. I think <laughs> he just he loves the glitz and glam, and he's gonna do it when he has the opportunity and feels comfortable doing it. And I think I got to say, if Tobias Harris plays three quarters of the way that he did in game one, the rest of the playoffs, I don't know who's stopping the Sixers offense. Yeah, I think a little under talked about was (laughs) Tobias Harris, 37 points in game one. Yeah, in 37 uh, minutes. Looked fantastic, uh, looked aggressive, was attacking was great in transition, really carried the load, especially again when Embiid got into that foul trouble. Yeah, he uh, he carried us through that game for a large part, especially offensively, and that's going to be a huge thing as well. He's a much better version of himself than he was last year. Really, this whole team is, but you know, he is, I think, a much more efficient player this year and looks so much more comfortable and confident 
that that could be huge as well because that's not we haven't had that really and you know I think it's very hard to win playoff series without having a scoring wing someone mm-hmm. that can come in and give you a shot like that and he's probably our, you know, outside of Embiid of course like our best like ISO scorer as well like he's one of the very few players on our team that can actually create a shot for himself so yeah I, I think Harris you know maybe a, a more he could use some more uh, love for how he performed in game one and Seth Curry, Seth Curry looking very good as well so yeah I, I think Tobias deserves a lot of credit for how he played in game one and you know again you know that's that those are the types of performances that you can expect is he gonna you know score 37 every game of no. course not but you know just knowing that he has the ability to, to kind of heat up that way is is huge theater can simply be defined as someone performing something for someone else Theater also refers to the space designated for said performance. The term theater can also describe the process in which live performances are created. Acting, directing, producing, designing, all fall under this umbrella of theater. But to a kid in high school, theater can mean so much more. Join us as we draw back the curtain and reveal what I like to call the magic behind the magic. This is Curtain Talk. I think it's a, a running joke every time it's said, but like everybody talks about how Doc Rivers deserves coach of the year just because he's been able to get this out of Tobias this year. But like, I feel like one getting snubbed from the all-star game and just the constant, like, you know, he's a good player. He's not great. And yes, I think Tobias is like the glue of this team. Like he's the one that has brought Embiid and Simmons in as like, understanding like the team concept and it's not just like oh i'm here to play basketball and i sent you that clip from the green light podcast that danny green does or the green room uh and Embiid literally said i would walk into the gym last year and i didn't want to be there yeah well <laughs> I think there's some <laughs> we faces, all know why some faces missing or just one at least but i think the uh the big thing as well I, ben simmons just murdered I, alex I, saw that. <laughs> I think the big thing as well is the sixers team has gotten a lot of snubs this year, and I think that's sneakily good. Yes. Because I, you see this in sports. I, I think I tweeted about this like a week or two ago, that there's something about, and this happens in not just NBA, it happens in literally every sport. Every year there's a team, and it's usually a team that surpasses expectations in a really big way. So you could look at the Jazz, for example, this year, right? As a team that surpassed tons of expectations, is now getting, you know, MVP love, defensive player of the year love, six man of the year love, coach of the year love, uh, uh, executive of the year, like not like everything. And they're, they're, they're in the, they got the top seed. They're in the race for, for all these awards. And I think there's something mental about getting so many of those awards, either nominations or actually winning mm-hmm. them and so much of the praise and so much hype that I think I just really think there's something mentally to that and that it can make you feel like you've already like accomplished what you've set out to do when you actually haven't. Of course. Right. Like I think of the Ravens uh, two years ago with like Lamar's breakout season yeah. and how like everyone expected going to those playoffs, the Ravens steamroll and they mm-hmm. just, they got stuffed. They look, they look terrible. And part of that is just, you know, like management things. Right. But like, I, I just think that there's, there's really something to the aspect of, of being the team that maybe should have been, you know, getting mm-hmm. all the awards and instead get snubbed. And I think feeding some of that hunger. And again, that's very, it's very cliche. It's very like back in my day talk, but I think there's some truth to it. Yeah. I, I think there, there's a human element to all of this, to all sports. And I think there's something very, very true about feeling like you've been burned and that you deserve. Joel Embiid deserves to be MVP. Yes. I, I think it's stupid in a year where, like the top 20 guys in the league, go look right now at the top 20 guys in the league. Go look at everyone's going to make all NBA. Look how many games they played this year. Mm-hmm. There's like three players that played more than like a, like <laughs> three quarters of the season. Like Jokic is the only like big time player pretty much that played the whole season. That's it. Everyone was playing 
40 games, 50 games. So I think it's stupid that, you know, people get discounted just because they played some less games. It's dumb. Anyway, yeah, especially when the league is perfectly fine, apparently, with everyone resting. Yep. If you, It can't be either way. That's a tangent, but I, I just think that there's something to this Philly team and the fact that they've been snubbed for everything this year and that they're probably going to be that probably no one on this team is probably going to win an award for anything you know Ben is almost certainly not going to win defensive player of the year and Bede's not going to win MVP Doc isn't going to be coach of the year executive of the year is probably not Daryl Morey but it could be I mean Mm -hmm. he's again again all these guys in the running could certainly be considered but won't and I think there could there could this isn't a guarantee but I feel like that could definitely be a motivating factor for this team and that could be the difference. Who knows? And I think one other thing that is a factor for this team when they're playing, and we heard it, the fans being back at Wells Fargo Center is something special. Look no further. I know they lost the game, so it sounds stupid, but look no further than that Knicks-Hawks game and tell me that the crowd doesn't influence the oh, game. 1,000 And that it doesn't matter and that, like, that sterile Petri dish bubble games that we had were like, Oh, that's still the game. No, <laughs> it's completely and I mean, you different. Could, you could make the argument that the fans at Madison Square Garden influenced Trey Young. Absolutely. Yeah. So like there's 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 a very real aspect to it. And yeah, I think having the fans back, certainly from an entertainment mm-hmm. aspect is like huge because it's just it has not been the same without fans. I like it just has not been. It's been so it's honestly been hard to watch sports without fans in the stadiums or in the arenas, whatever, just because the fake crowd noise just doesn't do it. <laughs> it never matches up well. It just you know that it's fake. Yeah. You know that you're not getting real reactions. There's no crowd shots. There's no one like waving a towel or like any like kind of, you know, eccentric dress up going on in the crowd. So, yeah, I do think having and we talked about this, we having and almost full at this point, Wells Fargo Center. I mean, like, I know that the, the capacity is what, ten They're ten, eleven thousand. Eleven thousand, right but that's you know, that's what, like 60%, 65%? I think, like, I think it's 50%. Yeah. And then there's obviously like the workers and right, staff right. in the building as well. But this might be the Ben Simmons game. Holy oh, shit. Um, and this is this is the thing too. He can react positively, which is great. But, you know, I, I think having like home court advantage, knowing that there's very likely going to be just more and more fans mm-hmm. added to these games as the weeks go on. That's huge, and that cannot be discounted at all. It's not that sterile Brooklyn atmosphere where they have to play uh, rap instrumentals every time they're going down the court because they have no fan base whatsoever, and that they have Having to James Harden sell promo codes. Yeah, like he's a podcaster. Use code, use code Harden to get your playoff <laughs> ticket. Jesus Christ, a stolen franchise again. I don't know why they a keep guy who wasn't there lives. to start the season. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know why these these teams that are stolen from other cities keep coming into our lives to try and ruin it for us. But, you know, it's just, for me, having that atmosphere back is huge. It's going to be huge for the team. And again, as a fan watching, it's just great to have that back. That Knicks-Hawks game is one of the best NBA games mm-hmm. I've seen in the last year. And I think it's Easily. almost solely to do with just having the crowd back. Yeah. Just having like, obviously it's a playoff atmosphere, but the, having the crowd back. It was finally, part of the storyline because it was. the game started off. You get for, to see Spike Lee back. Yeah. Tracy Morgan's there. And you know that Tracy Morgan's there because his mask was down the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> the game started off with fans literally chanting, fuck Trey Young. <laughs> and the game ends with Trey hitting the game winning shot and saying, you know, silencing the crowd. He said, it sounds real fucking quiet in yeah. here, <laughs> which is beautiful. Amazing. Like you, that's what you want back. You didn't, I'm, I'm sorry. You didn't get that with the bubble. You didn't get that with no fans. I know that there's obviously circumstances for why that had to be the case, but I never want to go back to that life yes. again. I never want to go back to what that was. I saw somebody tweet is like fans in the stands should forever be appreciated. It is, you know, like so much of the last year, like we've, grown to appreciate some of the things that we took for granted and that's one of them for sure is like being there and then also just watching a game and like all right seeing an actual crowd react to something amazing happen or something controversial happen um you know seeing like refs get booed again for bad calls was really nice as well sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work and with the rise of streaming platforms new tv shows and movies are popping up every single week and it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch 
Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. And circling back to Ben Simmons, too, I didn't even think of this when the game was going on. That was Ben's first playoff game since the Kawhi shot. Yeah, because he was out injured you know, for the bubble last year. Yeah. So, I mean, like, playoff-wise and, like, that like high-octane atmosphere, plus the starters hadn't played in, like, 10 days leading up to game one. So, I mean, Ben not scoring, like, sure, it sucked and, like, you want to – you expect more from him. But, like, first playoff game in – over a year and first game action in 10 days right it was you know it was it was just a a a below average ben simmons mm-hmm. offensive night but i would say a an above average for ben simmons playmaking night yes. he's active on the boards he had a, quite a few offensive rebounds as well which is not super typical double double with rebounds and assists like you know, and again, that's it's just the discussion we've had with Ben so often, and it's 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 a tiring argument or a tiring discussion, just because we know we know what his flaws are. At this point, they're not changing. Mm-hmm. You you have to just accept the player that he is, and at a certain point, that you can't just constantly project for him to be the player that you want, want him, to him be. or expect. Because him. listen, you could do that with every player that's ever been in the NBA and say, well, if he just grew six inches and shot 45% from three, he'd be the best player ever. Like that every player would be the best player ever yeah. if they if they added every single skill and were great at it. Could he do things better? Of course. It's not an excuse, but I just think it's, it's so tiring. <laughs> the Ben Simmons yeah. discourse is just exhausting. And with the fans being back in the stands, I think Dwight Howard alongside Matty Court doing the lineup introductions with fans there, vibe check, broke the scale. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It is it is pretty incredible. Like, Dwight Howard's career arc going from the superstar that he was to, like, the villain when he went to the Lakers, and then just kind of like uh, the joke of everybody's, you know, NBA talk to the last couple of years being like, a fan favorite. Yeah, and he's a very he's be, I think so much of that is be, like having awareness and understanding who you are and like where your role is now and that you're you're a role player. And there's nothing wrong with being a role player. Like Marcus Ole and and him are two of the most dominant centers I've seen in my lifetime, mm-hmm. especially defensively. Both of them, you know, were like perennial defensive player of the year either winners or or candidates. And they're both now just really good role players and play their role very well. And know the game of basketball very well. Like, there's nothing wrong with that as you age. Not everyone's going to be LeBron and still at, like, playing near prime levels as they hit into their their mid and late 30s. Like, every player is going to drop off at a point. And, yeah, I think Dwight this year has shown, and he's shown it the last few years, that he can be a really valuable uh, role player. And he's been that for the Sixers. And, yeah, I think if you're looking at the future, you'd like to have Dwight back. But, you know, it's that's going to be a big question mark, I think, for this offseason. Yeah, I think, sure, he, he's going to have his, you know, foul troubles and everything, but, like, he's... There he is right there. I at the top of the <laughs> at the top of the league in rebounds this year, coming off the bench, like, and you got him on a vet minimum because the Lakers decided they were going to go get Trez. You can't beat that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I think he's just been, uh, he's been a... And this is, again, if you're building the case for Daryl Morey, executive of the year, that's... There's one yeah. of your bullet points, uh, is is adding valuable backup rotation to Embiid. You know, we could talk all day, too, about how different that game might be if we don't have Dwight Howard to come in, mm-hmm. if we've had some of the like lesser-thens that we've had come in after Embiid in the last few years. It could be a completely different game, you know, in, in terms of, of scoreline. So, yeah, I think it's it's huge, and, you know, I think Daryl Morey deserves a lot of credit for how he's he's pivoted on this team because it's it's really impressive yeah 1000 percent. and i mean Bertens, i just one of the most punchable faces totally and ben simmons is having himself a game tonight. he threw an elbow at matisse last game and i was like <laughs> you know what i don't care i don't, I don't care it. how much you're being paid i will pay more to have you 
equalized. I'll get uh, <laughs> Queen Latifah on it. Uh, I mean, I said it on the last episode we posted, which you guys can listen to on your favorite podcast. I think this series is over before the month of June starts. Game four, May 31st. Yeah, a sweep would be great. Um, Especially if they keep playing the way they are tonight. Right. You know, it's 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 always tough going away. You know, again, you can yeah. you can just lose one of those games. Ben Simmons, 12 points that's typi- That's typically also only when you're going to a place with a good atmosphere. And I I do mean this as a shot to the Wizards and to the, all the DC sports mm-hmm. pretty much. Uh, they don't have a strong fan base. Totally. Um, I think the only thing they have going for them is that they haven't been in the playoffs very much. So, like, the people that show up there might, like, really be committed to the cause and want to make some noise. But... You know, I, I I just think yeah, like game one was probably you know we're probably gonna look back on and think that was probably the Wizards' best shot mm-hmm. at, at taking a game here, and, and they weren't able to capitalize on it. Russell Westbrook just absolutely collapsed at the end of that game with turnovers and bad decisions. So, and you know that's that's the thing too is you know when we were talking about who we'd rather have right and. The Wizards, outside of Bradley Beal, even there's no one on this team that really scares you. And Bradley Beal's probably the scariest player you could have had, besides Jason Tatum, mm-hmm. to come out of the the playing games. Um, but Russell Westbrook, like, actively give him the ball because he yeah. will lose the game for his team in the playoffs. Like he just he takes bad shots. He's he has this weird kind of perception that he's like this super aggressive hardware, and he is. He's an insane work ethic. I don't doubt that at all, and we've seen it from him. But he does take plays off, too. Like, a lot. <laughs> like, And he is... He's, like... He's, like, faux... Active on defense. Like, he, he only makes tries to make the flashy, like, steal plays, but gets beat so easily that it's actually detrimental to, like, team defense. So, I, I just think this Wizards team is completely outmatched, and, and Game 1 showed that, and I think... Again, it's going to be a short series. I would love it if we wrap it up over uh, over Memorial Day weekend, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't be shocked to see it go five, just because you know a sweep is is not always easy to do. I don't know for that superior to them that it's just going to be a complete wash, but it certainly could be done. Yeah, I mean, Ben Simmons has twelve points in the first quarter, and it's clear that he read your tweets. It's clear that he listened to the radio this week because he's not messing around. Like, he's been very aggressive this game, too. He's just willing to do whatever it takes right now, and that's what you need from Ben Simmons in all facets, whether it's on defense or offense. You just need him to go out there and do whatever it takes to help this team win. If he's not having the offensive night, you need Tobias Harris and the guys off the bench like a George Hill who did in game one to step up and recoup the points that Ben's not putting up. Absolutely. you know. And again, I think it's, it's a team game. Exactly. You know, your roster is built in a certain way, and that's up to Doc to to manage that load. And um, Yeah, again, as, as you look around the East, too, I think it's fascinating because it very much looks like the Bucks are going to wrap up the heat. This Celtics-Net series has been DOA, like, immediately. Like, that just... You should just be able to, like, just write up a clause. Like, listen, we'll pay out whatever you get for the fans at home. Let's just end this. Like, yeah. nobody wants to see anyone get hurt. Let's just end this series. Like, it's take down the promo code. It's, it's so over. It, that, that series is so over. Um, and yeah, I mean, you're going to have the Bucks Nets. That's going to be, I, I'll say this the Bucks seem like they're peaking at the right time of the year. The last few weeks, even, they've been playing very, very well. And they've looked very good in these playoffs. Obviously, you know, that torch fest against Heat the other night was uh, an aberration. They're not going to shoot like that mm-hmm. every night, you know, like, but man, they, they look very, very good. The Nets look terrifying. I don't know how you stop that team. I really don't because it it is just fit seamlessly, which is just, it shouldn't, but it just did. And um, I'm happy that we don't have either of those in the yes. second round and that we have, you know, just to beat the one of those teams very likely is is good news for the Sixers. If you had to pick one Eastern Conference Finals matchup, who would you rather play? I think I'd rather play the Bucks simply because you're not playing against three of the best offensive players yeah. of all time. Um, I feel like we match up better against the Bucks too, in like just like player versus player. Yeah, I, I think it's 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 a better matchup for us, and I think it's it's the one you're more likely to win in. But 
they're certainly not an easy out. I'm not yeah. choosing them because I think they're so they're totally so easy hope to get that past. series goes seven. There's yeah. multiple overtime games. I, you know, I wouldn't mind like a suspension or something. Yeah, you, you know, know, like multiple games. Giannis and KD get into yeah, it. Yeah, you know, someone like spits someone that'd be great. Like, be awesome. Um, yeah, I, I just think facing the Nets just doesn't seem fun. No. <laughs> and part of it is you know you're seeing them against the Celtics, which are really like weakened teams. So it's easy to like make it seem wow they're just absolutely going to blow the doors off everyone but it's 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 going to be tough to stop that team it really is and i think the sixers have the personnel to do it to like i think if you're talking about teams in the east or maybe even the entire nba in terms of having the players to at least match up with the nets you're not stopping them it's all about just making them as inefficient as possible sixers have those guys but Man, that that would be a really really difficult series for sure, and, and we might see it if they do play the Bucks. Say the Sixers, you know, obviously we assume they're going to move on, play the winner of Knicks Hawks. That looks like that could be a seven game series. They win round two. If they do play the Bucks, that would be the first time they don't have a bus trip in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, and we talked about that last week where it's like if they do end up playing Brooklyn, they don't have to get on a plane. Right. Exactly. You know, that could be huge as well when you, when you talk about limiting the travel and things like that. Those, those things on the edges that you don't really think about. How nice it would be to not have to get on a plane and stay in a hotel for a few days. Um, that could be huge. But it's all, you know, that stuff is out of our control. It's all about mm-hmm. just taking care of the Wizards and taking care of whoever comes out of uh, the, the Knicks and Hawks. And, you know, then from there, whoever you get in the, the conference finals, it's just what you got to do. Do you know who I wish didn't have to get on a plane recently? Uh, Joe Girardi and, and the Phillies, because I don't understand. We talk about it on this show at nauseum. I don't understand what the issue is with beating the Marlins. It's I don't know if it's a curse or I don't, I don't know what it is anymore, actually, because it just seems impossible. And even when the Marlins have been bad, we just haven't been able mm-hmm. to do it. We've always found a way to be worse, and that's a problem. <laughs> um, yeah, Joe Girardi is climbing down the ladder of effectiveness for me. <laughs> uh, listen, there's plenty of big brain media moves you can make and mind games you can make. By the way, it's May, Joe. I don't know if yes. you know this, but it's literally May. It's not October. The time for mind games is not right now. Yeah. The time for playing with the health of uh, your $330 million superstar is, like, not in May. Um, you didn't con- gain a competitive advantage because I don't know how that even works exactly because, again, it's May. He also was not going to be able to play, so it's not it's, like he was... I don't know. I, like, it's just so stupid. It's, it's been... And it's not just Bryce Harper either. They no. did the same thing with JT, and that's why JT can't come off the injured list until Friday. Didi Gregorius did the same thing. They played a man down when they were playing the Blue Jays in Florida. And I don't know if that's all Joe Girardi's choice. This it's is where more it gets, of like, a murky. And like who's GM. actually yeah, like who's making this final call? Who really? And you would knows? think Dombrowski would be like, yeah, put him on the injured list if he's hurt. So right. it's like, is it Dombrowski just like? With his feet up, not now, really... Watch, watch watch this move. Watch this move. 200 IQ right here. I'm going to tell them that Bryce is fine. He's actually not. But is he going to be able to play? Oh, uh, well, no, no. No, but I'm going to tell them. Listen, listen. I'm going to tell them, and they're going to tell the Marlins that Bryce is going to play. And then they'll have to plan like Bryce Harper is going to play. And it's not like Bryce what Harper's com- been light in the world. What, what actual competitive advantage is that getting you? I think Zero. I, I, so, I don't know if anyone asked the question, like a follow-up of like what advantage is that possibly giving you? This, again, that's theoretically something you would do in a playoff series where yeah. it's like they're really planning out like matchups and, and really like focusing in on each individual player. It is May. Mm-hmm. It is the Miami Marlins. Who you should be able to beat. And you're still lost. <laughs> It is mind-numbing. The roster management that this team has dealt with, The it, it just seems like they're just trying to fit a square peg into a round hole when it comes to just moves for this team. Like We're actually going to build our own hole. Um, we're going to tank five years to get our own hole, um, but it's going to be poorly built. 
and poorly managed. And we're going to trade the best parts of the hole away. And we're going to overpay for the round pegs to fit in that square hole. Yes. And then we're just kind of going to give up <laughs> when we're in the middle of filling the hole <sighs> and change course completely and decide we're going to fill it in and make a pool. <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense. It is so insane. Listen, the you know, I, I've treated the Phillies really for the half of this season so far, the, the, the last month. It's just like a nice like background mm-hmm. story of like, all right, what are the Phils up to? Oh, disappointed me. Okay. Yep. <laughs> just keep it pushing, guys. There <laughs> we go. Um, investing any more time or uh, mental well-being, especially when the Sixers are in the playoffs. Listen, there's just there's, there's no point. There's there's no point. The in only time you should effort. be watching intently is when Zach Wheeler's pitching. Yes, because and that has been Vince the last break. Apparently, apparently the, Vince the is- people's champ. Uh, allegedly we'll see it's a month sample size i'm not ready to buy in yet that's longer than than most when it comes to vince velasquez i've just i've just seen this movie before that's all i've seen it before (laughs) i've bought this this ticket um yeah i mean it's just they're wildly inconsistent i don't know what this team is going to do for the future and it feels like we say the same thing so often about them because they're they're just make you want to run into a pipe and I think this organization is stupid, and I think a lot of people should lose their jobs. <laughs> and I, th- I frankly, I think you're—it's so stupid. But you're almost—you should almost be blowing it up again, which is wild. Like that's a wild thing to say. But like you—if you objectively just looked at this team, the upward trajectory is so short and just not worth it. That why are you spending two hundred million dollars a year in payroll for a team that's not going to make the playoffs? Like it's so crazy you, you, because they're built to win now too. Outside of like we all want the Phillies to succeed, like take all the mm-hmm. just the nostalgia, take all of the the good feelings you have about this team. Like if this was just a team in another division, you would look at them and think, yeah, they should blow it up. Mm-hmm. They would be circling. We would be circling. Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler and Gene Segura and Vince Velasquez and Spencer Howard and Alec Bone and Reese Hoskins. We'd be spent circling all those guys like, yeah, well, we should maybe make a phone call here and talk about those. Like, and I don't know that this, the Phillies should even be hanging up the phone because, like, what's the point? Like, I, <laughs> what's what's the point of having these guys when you're not you're you're so clearly not winning a World Series this season or in the next three. That that is very obvious. You're not even a playoff contender, so what are you? What like what is this purgatory that you're you're putting yourself in? And again, paying quite a lot of money to do it. Yep. Again, the whole podcast hosted by Stephen McAvoy and John Mavalia. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Get In The Whole Pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. It's but they won't go over that tax. And that's what's even more fr- is this like it's again, it's this constant like dipping your toes in the water but mm-hmm. refusing to get in. It's like, well, why'd you put the bathing suit on and go all the way to the pool if you're not actually just gonna get in the pool? Like or just you have two options. Get in the pool now, <laughs> immediately, <laughs> or go home. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, blow the team up and rebuild again. Sorry, Bryce. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry we wasted your prime years. Or just dive the hell in, make every move you can, and be as aggressive as possible, which has not been the Phillies MO over the last year. I don't know. Because the playoffs... As annoying as it will be to run into one of the teams in the NL West in the playoffs if they get there, this division is so winnable this year that the fact that they're like just treading water to stay breathing is asinine. We have the most wins in the division. We also have the most losses. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's so frustrating because you're just going to watch some other like dog crap team take this division and the Phillies to miss out in the playoffs. Um it sucks because the the Phillies have just been again in this in this hell now for the last. I mean, you're going on eight years. Like it's you it, like you have the longest playoff drought outside of uh, 
the Mariners. It's been since 2011. Like, that's bad. Like, Ten that's, years. That's not a. You don't want to be in any kind of company with the Mariners. You just you just don't. Um, and as much as we rag on the Marlins, they've been around thirty years. Ninety three, right? And they have just Series. as many World Series as we do. And we've been around since eighteen eighty three. Jesus Christ! You know, like one hundred and ten years long. How many times have we made the playoffs? A staggeringly low amount of time for the fact that we've been in Major League Baseball for a yep. hundred thousand years. <laughs> it's just it's frustrating, and it's like, oh, Harry, Tobias Harris is walking up gingerly. Not good. Don't love that. Um, it's just it's it's so frustrating with the Phillies because they're they're just back. It's strange because like when I was young, the Phillies were bad. Mm-hmm. He had Bobby Abreu, and that was it. And the team is just not very good. And it was kind of how this team is now, where they're like, they're not quite bad enough that they should be blowing it up, but they're not good enough to be even making the playoffs. And then they just got obscenely lucky and had some absolute gems. That, again, obscene luck. I don't put that down to player development. Drafted well. Drafted well, but... Haven't done that recently. Haven't done that. We haven't drafted well or developed well. We, we've we've gotten so upset because guys like Eflin go somewhere else. Guys like Irvin go somewhere else and play so much better and pitch so much better and look confident. Why is that? Has no one asked, does that not beg the question of what the hell is happening within mm-hmm. this team that guys just go away? And are, I'm not saying like a year or two later, oh, man, that looks better. Like almost immediately, an offseason. Think looking, about how many pitching coaches we've gone through in the last three years. It's just – it's. It, it's and granted, I like Caleb Cotham. I think he's very good at what he does because whenever he goes out to talk to a pitcher on the mound, they immediately get right. an out. But it's just, but like, why so couldn't you have found it's that guy? So frustrating because this team outside of that like five year window where this team was really good, this is this right here. What we're watching is the norm. what the Phillies have been for like ninety nine percent of their existence. Yep. Just frustrating purgatory. And I know John Milton talks a big game about like, I'm going to do everything I can to get the trophy back, whatever it's it, show it, man. Yeah. Because like, I would much rather sit through another tank job than just this. Cause this is, it's just depressing. It's, it's depressing. Because you know how good they can be. Right. It's, it's depressing to, to watch this team. And again, why, why spend the money on JT? Why spend the money on Bryce? Why go out and get Zach Wheeler? Why resign Andrew Aaron McCutcheon? Noah? Why get McCutcheon? Why make these pushes? Why make these trades to, to half-ass it? Like what? I and that's something that Jack Fritz has brought up on the High Hopes podcast is that this team doesn't know how to win together because they're a mishmash of guys coming from outside of the organization, outside of what, four of them? You got Alec Bohm, who is brand new to the team. This is his first full year in Major League Baseball, hopefully. Reese Hoskins, Aaron Nola, and that's really it. Everybody else has come in from the outside. Andrew McCut, your whole outfield is from the outside. Your whole infield, outside of your two corner guys, from the outside. Your catcher's from the outside. And three-fifths of your starting rotation has come from either trades or free agency. So it's like, these guys have no clue what it's like to come up. Like, you look at a team like the Dodgers, who 80% of their roster, homegrown guys, and then they go and get the Mookie Betts to come in. And it's like, they didn't even really need him, but they went and got it because it was like, that's what's going to put them tremendously over the top. Same thing they did this past offseason. Their rotation, they're they're so deep pitching-wise that they have starters coming out of the bullpen, and they can't even... Like, Half the guys in AAA pitching-wise for the Dodgers would be the Phillies, like, three through six. They go out and get Trevor Bauer because that's Some what good teams do. Just better. <laughs> that's what good teams do. You, you go and draft and develop and you scout well. You build together with the guys in your organization. Then you go add the outside piece. It feels like the Phillies just said, we're going to add the outside pieces and hope that three or four of these guys stick to the wall and we'll see what happens. And it all goes back to the tank that you did. Yep. And that you didn't draft well during that. You've yielded nothing from that. I'm sorry, but there's absolutely, you just said it. There's nothing from that tank that is worth of, of high value. Nothing. 
There's, there's no player that you got out of that that is like outstanding. You didn't get a Bryce Harper level player out of that nope. tanking. Despite the fact that you had multiple high, high picks, you had a number one overall pick. And listen, those guys can still pan out. I'm not like, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm out on, on Mickey Moniac, right? But like, you look at other guys from those drafts and they're, they're already like Cy Young candidates. They're already like pitching in World they're, Series. They're, they're already like gold glovers. They're already like winning MVPs. Champions. Like Jesus Christ! Like how? Like we've 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 said this too last year about like why are we not just throwing Alec Bohm up here? Mm-hmm. Why are we not seeing what Spencer Howard has, which apparently doesn't last longer than twenty minutes? <laughs> did you see his quote? I did not about his velocity dropping from the second to the third inning, from like five miles an hour. He said it's because he had a jog to first base. <laughs> We all know the traditional Big Four sports and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey? Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Kremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Come on, Jesus man. Christ. Come on. Where do we find these guys? Where do we find these guys? <laughs> like, that's a guy that you're banking on being a, a long-term piece of the, of the rotation. Like you said, his velocity lasts 20 minutes, and then it's gone. Just play that JT <laughs> gif. Of, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I hate it job. is <laughs> insane. And... Alec Bohm I had the jog it. to first base. Yeah. Was that 30 feet from if the that... pitcher mound to... <laughs> Jesus, Lord have mercy. That's not going to drop... And that's not going to affect your arm velocity five miles an hour. It's like those people <laughs> on My 600-pound Life that, like, getting out of bed is, like, exercise. Like, they need, like, a team of people to do it. Like, yeah. Are you... Like, that? that's why you're dropping off. That's why? Boy. <laughs> just, just do yourself a favor and, in shape. and and just wean yourself off the Philly stuff <laughs> because <laughs> I, it's just not worth the time. It's like the Flyers. Like, don't hurt yourself. Don't don't continue yeah. to run into the the rake and let it hit you in the face. Learn your lesson. This team is gonna disappoint you. Just don't have so much hope, <laughs> and just yeah. use them as a wallflower. Use them as some <laughs> background noise because that's you know what. Maybe that's just what the Phillies are good for now. I don't know. It is. They really didn't want us to see that for a can. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Alec Bohm's going through it right now, though. He is. He like us all. He is. He is truly the bellwether of the fan base <laughs> because uh, Alec Bohm has brought us immense joy. But he also knows when we're feeling it. He's like, you know what? I feel it too, guys. I I'm right it. there with you. He he just looks like he's lost out there defensively. And, like, we knew coming in, him getting called up, like, we didn't expect him to be, like, a long-term third baseman. But he's shown flashes that, like, he can play third base. But, man, this, like, last two-and-a-half-week stretch, it's almost like there's at least one error a night. Yeah, it's it's been rough. I think, I think we're going to have to have a real conversation, too, about Reese and his future. Yeah. Because Alec Bohm is better, in my opinion. The DH can't get here soon enough. Believe me. Alec Bohm, to me, is the better offensive player for the future. For the future. Right now, Reese is better. I know he was just leading in home runs, and I love Reese. I'm not saying this to his detriment, but I think first base is the easiest defensive position that you have. And that's why I'm saying once the DH is here, right. this Phillies team, no matter who's here next season, it's going to be so much easier lineup construction-wise because you can put Alec Bohm at first base and you can put Reese at DH or vice versa. Right. I it's just it's it's a huge mess. And again, this is just what happens when you don't draft well, when you don't develop players well, because again, we've seen guys leave the team and just do so much better. That's frustrating. I think that the biggest thing too is like especially when you look at what we've depleted the farm system for. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, wow. 
this is depressing. It's just truly depressing. <laughs> and uh, the the Phillies they're just they're just not a fun watch. And I don't I don't even know what the the fix is. You've you've now hired a new GM that I could not tell you what his ambition is because it's made, to learn under Dave Dombrowski. He he made some some lifeless lifeless addition to this team in like the three weeks leading up to the season. It felt like a complete afterthought. Like oh yeah, we should like add some depth, some some very surface level depth to this team. Who are both now out of the rotation. Great, great, <laughs> uh, great seven million dollars well spent. A great use of money, to 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 be sure. Um, it's just it's it sucks. It really sucks because you're just you're just constantly hurting yourself <laughs> watching this team. It is wild, and I I hope Alec Bohm figures it out. I think um, he will. I think it's just it. I I I personally believe it's it's just a slump. But you know, he feels the same way we all do. Yeah, and I mean, the biggest part about this team right now too is they're just they're injured. They they have guys that are injured across the board. Whether it's Bryce, JT, Didi Gregorius, guys in the bullpen like Archie Bradley just came back and like you can tell he's just coming back because his velocity was down. Jojo Romero's out for the season now, just got Tommy John surgery uh, in a Sixers what is it shirt. With the injuries the last few years too. I swear we've never had injuries like this. I think like, there's a lot of injuries happening across baseball. I think it is because of last season yeah. where a lot of people talked about it. Like you had spring training, then COVID hits. You're down for three months. You have the summer camp. You ramp it back up, and then it's a shortened season, so guys are pitching and and playing differently than they normally did, and now you're ramping back up. So it's their bodies, I think, just trying to get back on track, and it's going to lead to a ton of just, these injuries. It just feels like the last – yeah. That, it feels that's a good like it's across baseball. But it feels like a – you know, in a very Philly-centric view. I don't remember us having injury problems like this, mm-hmm. really, but all of a sudden, like – and it doesn't help that our depth is like just poo poo. Terrible. So, um, thanks, thanks, John Middleton, <laughs> for all that you do for us. It is something that needs to get fixed quickly. Like they need to figure out like what they're gonna do quickly. Is it is they it gonna be? <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Very <not> true. Gonna. <laughs> but the Phillies need to figure out. I I would say by like end of June, like are we gonna try and push in for this thing, or are we gonna sell off? the the pieces of this uh, team that aren't going to be here. Next they're going to push, but they're going to do it in the stupidest way possible. Probably. And whatever we give up will immediately become like a very competent or a good starter somewhere else. So yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, we have three long men in the bullpen now. It's just that is just what we've we've shown to be good at is um, getting fleeced, making bad short term decisions, and giving away good prospects or good players. Yeah. That that has been. We are we are the team that everyone wants to trade with because we're stupid and yeah. we are like so weirdly aggressive, but also very timid. I, God, it's just. I just wanna I just wanna, to to rattle their brain a little bit, and just figure out what the hell is going on. Uh, I don't know that I'd like what I'd say. <laughs> I think we uh we wrap up on a lighthearted note. Did you see the quote unquote <laughs> record? world's longest cheesesteak that truly I, wasn't i saw a brief it, it was trying to set the record for it and it was literally just a bunch of smaller rolls sandwiches stacked together right? next like, to each yeah. other and it was like it's not how it's supposed to be done plus it looked horrendous Disgusting. um i respect it with so many of those big things it's like it's just trying to get some publicity and mm-hmm. people to like be out there um you could say nature's healing, but <laughs> I don't know that that's the kind of healing that I'd like to be happening. Um, did they get the record? I don't think. I don't they know got, if they did. I don't. I don't think they got the record because I. I feel like for it to be the longest cheesesteak assembled, they would have to be connected in some way. It might have broken the record for longest assembly line of cheesesteaks, but I don't would not consider that the longest cheesesteak singular. Yeah. Um, and I hope the food went somewhere good. Hopefully. <laughs> otherwise, what a tremendous waste. And then uh, the news that came out this morning that when I woke up to this banner notification from ESPN, my jaw hit the ground, and then I laughed, and I said, of course it did. Uh, so I don't know if you saw it. An ESPN investigation found that U.S. Senator Arlen Specter 
was offered campaign cash to stop his probe of the Patriots' Spygate scandal in 2008. According to Specter's son, the man offering was Donald Trump. Oh my god. Who was acting on behalf of Robert Kraft. <laughs> what the fuck happened, dude? What what happened over the last 15 years? You know in the mist where like the interdimensional monsters come in like start leaking into our dimension? I think we opened up the rift at some point and our dimension has been mixed with some weird late night comedy show and like this is all just to fuck with us. This is all just like there was a show, I think it was on MTV, it was called Boiling Point mm-hmm. and it was just like uh it was like a, a spy camera kind of show and they would have someone working at like a deli and the whole point of the show was that person working at the deli was being paid to just be like an ass the entire time and like get your order wrong. And you would reach a certain time limit that if you stayed and tried working with the mm-hmm. person or like you were just patient, I forget you would get like a hundred bucks or something. It feels like that sometimes. <laughs> it's like, all right, like, am I supposed to just wait until like the curtain gets pulled up? It's like, this has all been an Where's elaborate, elaborate joke. Here's your money. We cannot believe you sat through all like. Donald Trump is your president. And you were just like, yeah, I guess. This is just sure. how it is. Like Elon Musk was on SNL and said he's going to go to Mars. And you were just like, yeah, that makes sense. Pushing a meme coin. <laughs> Bitcoin. What was that? You thought that that was real? You actually thought Bitcoin was real? No. It's in the name. It's a bit. <laughs> we tried very hard to make it very obvious and you just stuck with it. So you're the longest <laughs> contestant we've had to stick with this. So congratulations to you. It's just, Wow. Arlen Specter is a name I haven't heard in a very long yeah. time. <laughs> the fact that... I'm sure something will come out of that story. Oh, totally. <laughs> I'm sure the, the right people will, will certainly certainly face uh, justice for that. Spygate being linked back to... Of all people. Listen, who, who's shocked anymore? Nobody. It all just feels like a mad lib gone wrong. Yeah, that has been our life for... Since we graduated Next high school, at least. Davis Bertans was in Al-Qaeda or something. <laughs> like, wouldn't be shocked. It is ridiculous. But when I woke up to that notification, literally, I was like, why am I not surprised? Birds of a feather flock together. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, I think that's all we got for you guys. Sixers are about to hit halftime up 70 to 57. Uh, make sure you guys are following us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at underground PHI. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castarina. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Make sure you check out all of our podcasts across the board from the outside the box podcast. We are going up to Boston next weekend. Uh, so we'll be vlogging a ton, bunch of content going on in Boston, meeting up with Pat Pitts in person for the first time, which will be one hell of an experience. Uh, and of course our new getting the whole podcast hosts are doing a damn good job with everything going on in the world of golf. So make sure you check out all of our shows across the board, check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com, And of course, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast, leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Let us know if you think the, uh, the Sixers are going to sweep the wizards, what you would do to fix this Phillies team. And, uh, just how shocked or not shocked you were by our Blow final. Blow it up. Blow <laughs> it up. Driver, <laughs> move that bus. <laughs> it's just Citizens Bank Park. Just fireworks exploding. It's like, we sold everyone. <laughs> even Bryce. Even the fanatic. And yet Patrick Corbin's face is still on the big screen. <laughs> uh, let us know. All that good stuff. Five stars only because we have standards that are much better than the Phillies right now. And those are five stars, and we know you have the same. You can check us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. And we'll be back later this week talking about hopefully being on the verge of a Sixers sweep of the Wizards, seeing if the Phillies somehow find a way to win a series against the Marlins. They probably will not. And uh, anything else that comes up in this weird, wild city of Philadelphia that uh, comes our way. So, Thank you to our sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Douche Arms Pro, Foot Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC, 
and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course, the homies over at Tomahawk Shades, Manscaped, and Stateside Urban Craft Vodka. All three websites, same promo code, Tomahawk Shades, 25% off with our code USP. You can get that Memorial Day sale as well, promo code MDW, for 50% off your entire order at TomahawkShades.com. Manscaped, you get 20% off free shipping and a big old thank you from your balls. And Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, the vodka sodas are here. Go to StatesideVodka.com, fill up your cart with everything. If you want to use our code, help support us. Put those one liter bottles of vodka in your cart and use code USP to get 10% off your purchase. Must be 21 or older to purchase. And of course, guys, please drink responsibly. This has been episode number 332 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Matt, I'm KB. We'll catch you guys later this week. And until then, we are signing off. Peace. Oh,